You are listening to The Sigrun Show, episode number 13. In this episode, I'm speaking to Natalie Ekdal, host of the Biz Chicks podcast. Welcome to The Sigrun Show. I'm your host, Sigrun, creator of Samba, the MBA program for online entrepreneurs. With each episode, I'll share with you inspiring case studies and interviews to help you achieve your dreams and turn your passion into profits. Thank you for spending time with me today. Building an online business takes time. I share with you proven strategies to help you get there faster. You'll also learn how to master your mindset, up-level your marketing, and succeed with masterminds. Today's guest is Natalie Ekdal, business coach and mastermind mentor. She's the founder of the Biz Chicks community and podcast and has been recognized as one of the top women in business to listen to. You can get Natalie's resources on how to get started with the podcast and the show notes of this episode by going to sigrun.com forward slash 13. So I'm thrilled to be talking to Natalie Ekdal today. And she is one of the influencers in me starting a podcast because you walked up to me at Social Media Marketing World 2017 and said, hi, I'm Natalie. And I'm like, okay, who are you? And you said you had been following me and we're both into masterminds. So that was kind of the common theme. And then you were hosting a panel on podcasts. And I'm like, Really? She's a business coach and does masterminds? Why is he hosting a panel on podcasts? So I had no clue about your podcasts. And I'm sorry, I didn't know. Yeah, I haven't conquered the world yet. I know from my download numbers. So I don't expect that everyone has listened. But you <laughs> caught my eye because I was seeing ads for you do a lot of Facebook ads, Sigrun. Yes, and I, I was seeing ads for masterminds. And that always catches my eye. And you know, we've talked about this before that we're just such a fan of the mastermind process. And so yeah, I'm excited that that gave you the podcasting bug. It did. It did. And I was sure that I was going to ask you if you want to come on the show. And of course, you said yes. And I know we will be talking again about masterminds, but because this is pretty much still the beginning for me about podcasting, and I know my audience is also checking it out, should they, should they not? And they're coaches, consultants and trainers, and they're wondering if they should go ahead. So the topic that I picked for you for us today is how a podcast can help your coaching business. But before we dive into that, you know, how does your coaching business look like today? Yes. So I have tried a lot of different things in the last few years in relation to the podcast and working with my audience. I started the podcast in January 2014, and I had no audience at the time. So I wasn't a blogger. I wasn't a speaker. I wasn't known in any way, shape or form. So I have built this community and this following from scratch. So I think it's really mm. important. I, I see a lot of people comparing themselves to other podcasters who have either one been around a very long time or had an established audience before they launched. So often mm. you'll see some people kind of skyrocket and well, they were already a best selling author, or they yeah, yeah. already had a large blog following like they've been blogging for five years. So when you're starting from scratch, I think it's really important to see how your podcast can align to your business. And mm -hmm. 
I wasn't coaching when I started. I wasn't sure how I was going to monetize, you know, a lot of online gurus and many people that I still respect. And their encouragement was to, you know, gain this following and then to sell digital courses. And I actually thought, you know, I'm going to tell you a little secret here. Well, it's a public secret because I've shared it before, but I actually thought I was going to start this podcast. All these people would find me. And then I would have all these women listening and sponsors would come literally knocking on my door because I have, I found all these amazing women and they would say, can we sponsor your podcast? And I thought that the bulk of my income would come through podcast sponsorship. And I didn't have a sponsor for my podcast until almost a year ago. And so, you know, what, two and a half plus years in, I got my first sponsor. And so that, that has not been the way that I wanted to. It's a very small percentage of, of my overall income. So, but what happened was people started asking to work with me and I've always loved working in teams with people. So in the corporate world, I loved working in teams. I have an MBA and we're really encouraged to do a lot of collaboration in, in the program I was in, I think in most MBA programs. And I love building community. So a mastermind was really like the natural progression for me. So I launched masterminds before I started one-on-one coaching. Wow. You did so many things differently. So that's really refreshing. Really what I have learned is to, I didn't do this intentionally, but I followed my intuition and I'm learning to tap more into my intuition because I even think, especially right now, Sigrun, where we are talking right now in 2017, so many things are shifting and online strategies that have been working are not working anymore. So I think, especially if you are a person that enjoys working directly with people, there is a wonderful income you can make working one-on-one or in small groups or in masterminds with people. And for a different kind of effort, right? Not having this whole launch model. So especially for a person starting their business right now, I really encourage people to do one-on-one work. And that's kind of how I have built my business. Currently, I'll say say where things are. and You're welcome to dig in and, and go back more in the past if you want to. But where things are right now is I offer strategy sessions where anyone at any level of business can work with me one time in a strategy session. So it's a 60-minute paid coaching session. And they fill out an intake form and we dig into their business. So I've had the honor of working with 150 different women in the last 18 months in a one-time session. So I have a really good feel for kind of the state of women entrepreneurship. I've seen it from the ground up and I've like looked inside people's businesses. And that's helped me learn more about what they need, what content I should create, and also what people I'm attracting to to me. And who I want to attract more of as well. (laughs) So, and I also host masterminds. I host paid masterminds and I have two different levels of masterminds. I have masterminds at the six figure and beyond level. So women that have a six, multi six figure or seven figure business, I bring them together in small groups to mastermind together. And then I have masterminds for women at the five figure level. And those are facilitated by a team member of mine. So I facilitate the six figure plus groups and a team member. I have a a few different facilitators on my team. They facilitate the five figure level. So that's like where things are right now in my business. Oh, thank you for sharing that with us. And we're both super fans of masterminds and different levels, of course. So basically you started your podcast before you had a business, I think this is, a, I have to repeat this, this is so uh, unique. And instead of blogging, you did a podcast. 
Well, oh, I had a whole system. I, I almost started a business on finding guests because we got really great, great at it. You know, I was able to just reach out, cold reach out to people and find guests. And also I went to some live events. So I met people in person and I was able to ask people in person, like speakers I heard speak. And so I was able to very quickly, you know, gain guests. And every guest I had, I would ask for a referral. Like, is there anyone else you think that I should talk to? And and then a few people were Uber connectors and they would connect me with like 10 people. So that's how I grew wow. the finding people to interview. Cause it was, I was doing five episodes a week at the time. And as you know, with what you're doing right now, it's not easy to book this many people in this short of time. Yes, that's true. So why did you do five a time? Was it the feeling that you had to create a lot of content in the shortest amount of time? Yeah, well, I was a big follower of John Lee Dumas. And he yes. was, you know, this is going back a lot of years. So he had only been podcasting at the time for probably not even two years, I don't think barely two years when I I was one of the first people to join his program podcasters paradise, I think I paid $199. There were like 27 of us that bought it when there was only a landing page. And so that was fall of 2013, when I bought his course. And you know, he was doing seven days a week. And I loved that because I was consuming all of his content. And I thought, well, okay, he's a single guy with no kids. I had two kids at the time. Now I have three. But I was like, okay, so I probably need to do less than seven, I'm going to do five. And I don't recommend it. It was a very <laughs> grueling schedule. And the benefit, though, which is what I see with, you know, what you're doing with doing like a hundred right in a row is you get really good fast. So you're able to course correct quickly on interview style, what works, what doesn't. So I wouldn't really change anything if I could go back, but it was exhausting. It was exhausting. So I did five days a week until I got to 75. Then I went down to two a week until I got to a hundred. And then I moved to kind of that one, one a week format, which is what I have now. And I was also pregnant with my third child as we were launching so that we started in January, September 2nd, I, that year of 2014, I gave birth to my third child. So I was doing that all pregnant. It was crazy. But what's amazing about podcasting and to why someone should consider podcasting is that it creates such a deep connection with your listener. We are in people's ears and it's a very intimate medium. And in terms of how it can help your business, you know, really the only thing that can help people connect with you faster, I think, is through like live speaking. Like if you have the opportunity to speak in a room and, you know, share a training or share your story, that is the only thing I really can think of that connects people faster because we can listen on the go. I find with like videos, like, you know, if this was a 30 minute video, to be honest, I wouldn't watch us for 30 minutes. I don't have 30 minutes of time to sit and watch a video. But if I can listen to something and, you know, go work out or run errands or do the dishes, I can multitask. And so it's really powerful. And if you think about like where people usually listen with their earbuds, so we're like, we can't get much closer to their brain and their heart than through the earbuds, right? So it's pretty, it's really amazing. And I hear stories from women that listen and they'll say, you know, in fact, I just told this story on an episode that I recently aired that a guest said, I found you in June, 2017. I did a search and I was featured in a Fast Company article and she, that came up, she's looking for a coach. And- 
I found your podcast and I started listening and I binge listened to you. And then I asked my husband for my 50th birthday if all I wanted, well, he said, what do you want for your birthday? And she said, all I want is a strategy session with Natalie. That's what I want for my birthday. So I was her bumps. I know. So I was her birthday present. I mean, it was a lot of pressure. I was like, oh my gosh, I hope I deliver. Uh, But it was, we had an amazing call. It was so fantastic. But literally within, you know, a couple weeks of listening, yeah. And the value of having the back catalog you're going to have, Sigrun, is that people can find you and now they're going to be able to go back. Yeah. Yeah. So that that is very true. So someone who is not familiar how the podcasting things work, like how do they go from listening on iTunes, which is not like, there's no links, you know, I'm on the go. And, you know, how do you get them from listening to you, to your website and booking a strategy session? Do you have a strategy behind it? I really try to limit the calls to action I have on my podcast. So I could say, please subscribe to me in iTunes. Please leave a rating and review. Please come to my website and join my newsletter list. Please book a strategy session with me. Please join a mastermind. Please come to my live event. Those are like six possible calls to action I could have at any one time. And there could even be more, right? Really thinking through people's behavior and what they're able to do It has to be very easy, the call to action, because they're probably not going to take and you need to repeat it also is the other thing I would say. They're probably not going to take action that first time. So we do need to say it more than once. I've had the opportunity to work with other podcasters as, as a coach. And I had a women in podcasting mastermind last year that I ran, which was really fascinating. So I got to hear from a lot of different podcasters in a lot of different industries, what was working and what wasn't. And we've really got to be specific and make it easy. So, and then the other thing that helps me is I have a Facebook community that's connected to my podcast. So my call to, well, actually they have to be on my email list to get access to my Facebook group. So that is my lead magnet. So I am constantly talking about the BizChicks community and I will say, come join the BizChicks community, go to bizchicks.com. And then I spell it, bizchicks is with an X, B-I-Z-C-H-I-X.com. And come join this amazing community of women entrepreneurs that are waiting to support you. We share resources and I talk about it. And so once they're in my Facebook group, that is also another place I can leave links. And then they're on my newsletter list as well. So they're getting multiple touch points. I've tried using like a texting service like Lead Digits in the past. And that works really well. The thing to think about is if you stop using a service, that content is still in there. But that does work. I think the novelty of that for veteran podcast listeners has worn off a little bit. But really just keeping it simple. And then my biggest advice, though, to the people that are thinking of launching. And and I think I gave this advice to you, which is that if you want to be known as an expert and you want people to work with you, you need to do solo episodes. And I do on-air coaching calls. I see that you're doing on-air coaching calls, showing people what it's like to work with you. That is honestly the smartest thing I ever did. It has converted people from listener to client faster than I could have imagined. I wish I had this like grand scheme where I was like, I'm going to do these coaching calls and then I'm going to have 150 people want to work with me. It didn't happen like that. I see what's working and then I do more of what's working. And so I just did three honor coaching calls in a row because my audience loves them. And also not everybody can work with you ever, you know, like we can only work with so many people. And so I feel like it's also giving back because this allows people to think, okay, well, she gave this person this advice, they can kind of tweak it for their business. And then when they're ready for that customized advice, they can come and pay for one pay for a strategy session. Yeah. 
Well, I got the idea from you. Good. I've had numerous friends and clients replicate it because it is so powerful. And it's also vulnerable, right? I find it to be a very vulnerable thing to do. And I want to just commend you because I think it's very brave to coach someone on air and you're just showing your process. And But it's been amazing in terms of connecting with potential clients and just my listeners in general. And also it helps in the community because that person is always a member of my community as well. And so now they've been showcased and people know more about their business. And now my, my audience is asking me to do like a, where are they now series? Cause I've been doing them for like over a year. And so it's like, I want to know that girl you interviewed, you know, spring of 2016, what's going on with her business. What did she do after the call? So that's like another thing we can do, mm, right? That is a super smart thing. Yeah. I've always been a fan of like also in a tone. Tony Reppin seminar when he's kind of coaching a person live. So when I saw you do the on-air coaching, I was like, what a brilliant idea. So, hey, I'm going to do that too. So thank you for that. I have to get a shout out to my friends, Shane and Jocelyn Sams of Flipped Lifestyle Podcast. So they were the ones I copied them. I like to give credit where credit is due. They were the first people I saw doing this format. And I just was like, oh my gosh, that's amazing. But to be honest, it took me about six to eight months of building up the courage after I thought it was a great idea to actually do it. So it feels very vulnerable. And the first few, I literally felt sick to my stomach publishing them, but they love them. And no one's ever said, oh, Natalie, that was not how I would have coached this person. Like I kind of thought that other coaches would be listening, which they do. A lot of coaches listen, but most coaches are like, I love hearing like someone else coach. And sometimes I hear like, oh yeah, I was like giving the same advice in my head that you were. And other times like I would have gone a different direction, but it was fun to see the direction you went in. So I think it's really a nice way to show what coaching is like, because I think you probably get many people that have never had a coach before. Maybe you're their first coach. That's what I experience often. And it's a scary thing to it's a big investment to invest in yourself and invest in someone's program. And I think it helps people be at ease a bit about making that investment to get to have kind of heard a little snippet of what it's going to be like. Yeah. Yeah, I decided to start with offering it in a program that I'm running where already there's a lot of people that are not getting one-on-one attention. And I thought, well, what a bonus as a part of my 100 episodes to give them the first go at this. And I can totally imagine in the future doing it like you that this could be people that are not yet working with me to just try it out. But this is kind of like a win-win situation. They're in my program already. I can say that they're in the program and they get a better connection and better results from the program itself. Yes, I was surprised how many, I didn't think any of my current clients would actually want to come on air. And pretty much the majority of, I do do some occasionally where it's someone I've never worked with, but now I think I probably have published like 13 to 15 of them. And I would say, three or so are people I have never worked with before. The rest are people that I had some kind of relationship with in terms of either a one-time coaching call or they were in a mastermind of mine. And my clients want to be coached on air and they like it. They also like that they're getting a free session, right? Yes. Uh, Because I don't, people ask me that, do you charge for the session? I don't because I feel like that person is giving back to the community by being vulnerable on air. And also there are some differences. Like there are a few things that they will hold back because it's a public coaching call. So I don't charge for those. No, no. I was surprised how many are willing to do them. I was too. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. It's, and it's fun for them and it helps their business too. Like they're getting exposure for their business. So I think it's a win, 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 win for you, win for the client and win for the audience. 
totally. So now we want to know a bit more about your podcasting process. I know you work a bit with your husband as well. And how do you all that, that set up? Can you explain your process? Because you're obviously been doing this a lot longer than me. And I would love to hear for my audience also how you do it. Sure. Like in terms of the tech setup or like the yes, workflow? Tech. Workflow okay. and tech setup. Okay. So if I was just starting out, I would get one of the simplest setups I recommend is the Audio Technica 2100. And podcasters will just call it the ATR 2100. Yeah, she's Sigrid showing me hers right now because I probably suggested she get that one. It's really great for traveling as well. Like if I'm at a conference, I always have that with me because a yeah. lot of times I get an idea for a podcast or I want to interview someone and we just make it happen. Yeah. Thanks to you. I have it. Yay. So that is great because it's a USB mic that you can just plug into your computer. And the setup I'm on right now is a Heil PR30, which is great for a woman's voice. Most of the male podcasters use a Heil PR40. So, but a PR40 works for a woman's voice too. It just slightly deepens it. And my husband who is super, has super sensitive ears, he thought it was deepening my voice too much. I personally can't tell much of a difference. So Heil PR40 or Heil PR30, they're amazing mics. That's what I'm on right now. And then I'm using a small mixer because this mic doesn't plug into the computer. It needs to go through a mixer. So I'm using a Focusrite mixer. And what I will do is I actually have a whole like, resource guide that I created for new podcasters, bizchicks.com slash Sigrin, then it will all be there and they can just grab it. It'll be super easy because I have a ton of clients too, that are wanting to podcast. And I actually did a whole episode, you know, going a little more depth into how to align a podcast to your business. And I thought, you know, there's all these other people teaching. I don't need to teach my audience how to podcast, but they like to learn from me. And so it felt so strange because I have people in my life that I feel know more about podcasting than me, but they don't teach how I teach and they don't explain things the way I explain them. And they also don't see the link between business and podcasting the way that I do, frankly. So yeah. it's a wonderful guide. It gives you Facebook groups to join. It gives you podcast equipment options, even a mobile option. It tells you some free courses you can take, some paid courses, and even a podcasting coach I recommend and podcast editors I recommend. So none of it, I don't think any of it is affiliate link. It's just for everyone to have. So I'd love to share that Thank with that. everyone. And so that will have the setup I'm talking about right now you can see it and where you can buy it and the cost. But for basically the ATR 2100, you could get started podcasting for under $100. Basically, you need headphones, you need a mic, and you need a place to, you need an editor, which you could do yourself or you can outsource. And you need a place to host your media files. So I use Libsyn. Who are you using? Are you using Libsyn, Sigrin? So there's a few different options, but myself and most of my clients use Libsyn. And that is how we create an RSS feed for our podcast so that podcast catchers or podcast players can find our feed and play it. So we have to have, we have to pay some outside source to store these big audio files and then iTunes and Stitcher and these other places that you go to the directories of podcasts where you go to listen in apps. That's where they are getting the data from the file from. Yeah. So it's, it seems complicated. It is more complicated than blogging. If you are going to start a podcast, give yourself some white space for tech issues because you will have them no matter how awesome you are. And if you can afford it, I'm not a fan. I think you at the same, I think you and I are of one mind here, Sigrin. If you have like a high five figure, six figure or beyond business, you can afford to pay people to 
help you get this set up. So if you find a great editor, most editors will help you with some of the tech involved. So that would actually be one of my first courses of action would be to find and choose an editor that will walk you through you know, some of this technical process, and then they will be there for you for tech support. And it's really not that expensive to hire an editor. If you're making, you know, some decent money in your business, then, and you're going to commit to podcasting, don't kill yourself. Like I've watched people spend weeks trying to figure out an audio issue that, you know, someone that's a professional could answer in like one minute. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. Now I want to shift this completely around. Do you make a effort to be a guest? on a podcast. Well, now you're a guest on a podcast, but I reached out to you. So do you make an effort yourself? I actually am fortunate at this point to be asked to be on podcasts. And I, I have enough requests that I'm not seeking to do that a lot. I've been in this industry for a long time and I've been active in the podcasting space. So I know a lot of podcasters. I attend podcasting conferences. I speak on podcasting. So that has been really amazing. But I see and I think this is a really great thing for your clients and audience to think about. A great place to start is being a podcast guest, because when we interview someone, we are showcasing their business. And it's a great way to, you know, your your audience, you are sharing your audience with me at this moment, and they are getting to know me. And hopefully they're starting to know, like, and trust me. So I think it's a benefit. What I see for interviews from the podcaster standpoint, so when I interview someone, it is a networking opportunity for me. So you and I are, you know, you're getting to know me better. I'm getting to know you better. You are essentially showcasing my business right now, not yours. So that's why I also recommend that we then switch it around and do solo episodes where we're training from our expertise. And if it works for you, some type of honor coaching call where you showcase what you do and how you do it. Uh, But I love podcast guesting for, you know, the chance to connect with people that you would never connect with. I'm sure there's women and men listening now that wouldn't have never heard from me. And by the way, men are welcome to listen to my show. Many do. Yes. Uh, They don't join my Facebook group for women entrepreneurs, but they listen, they email me uh, from time to time. And I love that. And I appreciate that. But I think it's a great strategy to be on other podcasts, whether or not you're a podcaster. So I highly recommend pitching to be on podcasts. And I, on the landing page, I've done a couple episodes on how to pitch a podcaster because there is a strategy yeah. behind it. I have a couple. I was going to ask you about that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I will. I will link those on the landing page for your audience. But one of the main things is to start off by developing a relationship first, and then you pitch someone. Like I get cold pitches all the time, and I, at this point, I ignore them because I don't need people. I have a big enough network that I can kind of tap people and ask them. But the way to get on my show at this point is to be in my world, like get on my radar, share my content, tell me why you like it, join my community, join my newsletter and build a relationship with me and then show me how you could add value to my audience. So it's really about at this point, anybody that comes on my show, it's about how they can serve my audience and help my audience. Cause that's what this is about. Like, I hope that that's what I'm doing here. I hope I'm, yes, I'm helping that's and what serving. You're doing here. Yeah, yeah. I'm wanting to serve your audience and help them grow their businesses. Yeah. It's so true because also just uh, launching now these 100 episodes, 100 days, I'm reaching out to people I've networked with before. There have been no absolute cold calls. So every single guest I can say we've either met or we're Facebook friends or something. And it feels like it's been worth the last three years connecting with all these people. And maybe I didn't see a reason to do it all and spend all this time on Facebook, but it's coming back. 
Yes. And you have attended a lot of live events. You're in an amazing mastermind with other connected people and you could tap into their networks as well. So it's really about, and similar to how I suggest people find clients is, you know, work your personal network first. And the same, if you're trying to, like, if someone's trying to get on my podcast, I'm much more likely to consider someone if they are referred by someone that I already know, like, and trust, or if a client of mine or a friend of mine, if we don't already have a relationship, but yeah, we, we've all spent time building relationships. Let's take advantage of those. And I, I feel the same as you, like I have spent a lot of time building relationships and that's why I don't need people to pitch me anymore. And I don't have to work hard to get people on my show because I have spent three and a half years building a lot of relationships. One of my clients, she has her own podcast now too, but she was on my show in like winter of 2016 and people are still contacting her from that episode because it's evergreen content and people go back and they'll listen to your back catalog of episodes. And so it's a really powerful thing to be on other people's shows. So one last question before I ask you to share your links. I know we're going to put that in the show notes anyway, but people like to hear it sometimes because they're listening. Would you recommend to start a podcast today? Because these were the doubts that came up in my mind. It's already very crowded, especially US English speaking market. Is it too late? Or do you have to do something crazy like I'm doing 100 up and 100? You know, would you still recommend it? I really like people to think about what they want their podcast to do for them. So to start with almost like start with the why, but like, what do you want your podcast to do for you? Because most of us spend, and I've, I've done some polls and some Facebook groups for podcasters before, most of us spend at least 10 hours a week on our podcast from all the activities involved, from talking to guests, from coordinating, and that may or may not include your team, but from start to finish, it's about 10 hours a week unless you have some really short podcast and you're not editing it and you just put it out there. But with promoting it on social media, all that goes involved is usually close to somewhere average, I would say eight to 10 hours a week. So I want to make sure that you have that time to spare. And I don't think that the podcasting space is too crowded. I think that some niches are a little overcrowded. And so it is good to do things to stand out. I also think that niching down, like really going specific, even I'm seeing some people launch local podcasts. So yeah. something targeted at their region or their city, especially if you target local clients, I was sharing, I always have ideas for podcasts and other ideas for business. And I live in Orange County, California. And so if I was wanting to build a consulting practice in my area, cause I, I could do business consulting for like tech firms or startups here. I would create a podcast and I don't really have as big of a local network as I do through the podcast. So I would need to build that. I would create a podcast where I would be interviewing those founders to have them get to know me and to build a presence in the community and become a thought leader in that space. And in most major cities, there's plenty of clients for you. Like if you just niche down in podcasts to your region, I mean, there's plenty of work for you. And you're going to attract your exact ideal customer. So I really think that there's definitely room in specific niches. But I also think we need to create quality content. So just because you put it out there doesn't mean people are going to like it. And kind of a tip for you, Sigrun, and anyone starting their podcast, I've released some episodes that I regret that they weren't the quality that I wanted them to be. I had a couple guests that were a little over salesy, like they were kind of salesy in the call. I didn't feel good about putting it out there 
there, but I didn't know I couldn't. I didn't know I could not publish them at the time. So we have to remember that anytime we put a podcast out there, that could be the first and only episode a potential audience member listens to. And so really it's showtime every episode. It needs to be, you need to bring your best because that could be your chance to gain a loyal listener or to have someone never listen again. And so I have had, you know, as I grew as a podcaster and gained my voice and got more confidence, I have had several episodes that I have chosen not to air because they just weren't what I wanted for my audience. And including a couple solo episodes that I created, you know, at the end of the day, I was like, you know what, that just didn't, that wasn't, I didn't deliver on that one. So I'm going to not air that one. Yeah. That's such a good advice. Thank you for that. This, this is uh, perfect for me, a golden moment. <laughs> so I know where to find you, but my audience would love to hear it and we'll include everything in the show notes, of course. Yeah, the best place to find me is bizchicks.com. That's my website, B-I-Z-C-H-I-X.com. It has any link you could want there. And then I'll have a special landing page with that new podcaster's resource guide. And that's at bizchicks.com slash Sigrin, which should be easy for everyone to remember. Yes. (laughs) Thank you so much for being on the show and being one of the first hundred, Natalie. And I'll bet we do this again. And then I want to talk about masterminds. But for now, this was perfect for my audience and for me, of course. Thank you, Sigrun. Uh, As we are launching the podcast. I'm so impressed with you. Thank you so much for asking me to be one of your first 100. I am really honored. You can get Natalie's resources on how to get started with the podcast and the show notes of this episode by going to sigrun.com forward slash 13. Thank you for listening to The Sigrun Show. Did you enjoy this episode? If you did, please share, subscribe, and give the show a review on iTunes. See you in the next episode.